Welcome back, lads and ladettes, to a little delayed episode 95. Couldn't get this one to you on Monday. All my fault. Like, I'm going to just come out and say it right now. 100% my fault. Uh, if you're a university student, you know it's back to school. It's orientation week. It's frosh week, whatever you want to call it. And uh, spirits are high. You got bodies on campus. You see the first years running around in their university gear. Um, and it's, it's exciting to kind of be a part of that atmosphere again. It feels like it's been so long since you've seen anybody on a university campus. Yeah. And now that people are back, it's just, um, it's good. I was a little too excited. I got a little too excited. Uh, I've, I've well, been carried. <laughs> so go ahead, Zach. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, it's kind of funny. Cause like I talked to you on Tuesday and you're like, yeah, yeah, I'm moving back in tomorrow. So, uh, tomorrow's going to be a write-off. And then like mentally I noted, like, Wednesday will be a write-off and Thursday probably will be too. Cause Wednesday you'll move back and then you'll hang out with everybody. Yeah. Little did I know you were going to be on the bender of all benders. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It is the bender of all benders. Well, it's been Thursday. So I moved in Wednesday. I've stayed in Markham cause my mom couldn't get me up to school Thursday. Okay. I moved in. So it's been Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, uh, and now tonight as well. And probably tomorrow night, because that's like, the last night before classes start on Thursday. Right. But it'll be a solid six day bender when all is said and done. Yeah. Cause we're recording Tuesday, September 7th. And this episode will come out Tuesday, September 7th. It'll be out at night. Yeah. So I don't know if people will be listening to it right when it comes out or if they'll be listening in the morning, but you'll, you'll have noticed this is a delayed one, but like honestly too, I'd got to apologize to anybody who's like a loyal YouTube viewer, or if you were someone who strictly watches on YouTube, or do you just go to YouTube after Last night I was just dinking around with YouTube and like trying to figure out like stats and all this stuff. And I was like, where are our last three episodes? 92, 93, 94. Cause I'm like, I swear to God, I uploaded them. And I looked and I had thumbnails made for them and everything. I'm like, where are they? I set them to publish as private somehow. Really? So they're all just in YouTube, but just no one can see them unless I sent you a personal link because <laughs> they're just chilling in our private section of YouTube. So last night I unlocked one of them tonight. I'll unlock another one tomorrow. I'll unlock the last one. And then this one, I'll just delay to come out after we've caught yeah. up on the other ones. Yeah. But yeah. So if you're a YouTube listener, YouTube watcher, whatever, I apologize for that. I don't know how I did it because I've gone through like 60 episodes, uploading them all on YouTube, like on time scheduling this stuff. And these ones were just private. Like I just loaded them, published them private so you know what kids nobody could see them because i'm like these aren't on our page where are they just yeah, they were sacred there. Just, about those episodes yeah, Man, yeah it's back. just a, it's a tough time to be a lads and launchers fan let me tell you like i'm yeah. i'm here like skipping out on recordings zach's making everything private it's it's <laughs> yeah like listen it's just a hectic time of year summer's ending we're we're back to school still working like it's a, a tough to to communicate and get everything like as um I guess as like seamless as it was in the summer, like we were all just buzzing. It had a good routine going, Yeah. but now that things have changed, it's a little bit of uh, adaptation that needs to happen and kind of get back into our groove, but we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah. Well, it's different for both of us too. Right. Cause like you go from a normal work schedule to school schedule, which school schedule is much, much different than work schedule in terms of flexibility time. Like when you have classes, when you're going out, whatever you have more freedom to go out because you have less classes or your classes are later, whatever. And you have friends around all the time. And then you also, between that period of work schedule 
to school schedule, you always, which I always had it too when I went back, is you have a period of time, however long it may be, of nothing. And it is like the craziest feeling ever because when I sit at home and I have nothing to do, like I just hang out on my computer and look around at stuff and online shop and watch Netflix, whatever. When you're at school and you have nothing to do, you don't have nothing to do. Like you are busy, busy. Dude, it's that arguably time. the busiest time of the year is when you have yeah. nothing to do. Yeah. That's when you have flies. everything to do. Yeah. The world's your oyster flies. at that point. Like we went and for then, a walk to the park today. Uh, I went for a long walk. I went with, shout out Scotty Wyatt, original lab and lawn chair is my, my newest roommate. Um, went for a good like 6K walk today. Uh, and then we were going to stop and grab like pictures of sangria just because like we saw the place and we're like, yeah, do we just, yeah. just stop? And we're like, yeah, like, let's do it. Unfortunately, it was closed. We came back, had some drinks in the backyard and then we were kind of hitting up people. I'm trying to plan a party for Saturday. Um, uh, so we, I'm just trying to get the, uh, I made a Facebook event for it. I feel like Facebook is, is, is useful in university, but I think like more so like our age, like 98s and up used it. I feel like the cutoff was maybe even 99s use Facebook. But as soon as like 2000s hit, I feel like no one utilizes Facebook's like event. Uh, yeah, event it was huge. It's so huge. And like, I think it I still is, man. It's so much easier. Yeah. It's easy because yeah. you know, like you can see who's coming. You can do some like pregame scouting. You can know exactly who's going to be there or who might be there. You can kind of make a judgment around that. Like it'll give you yeah. a, a better sense of, when, where, and, and most importantly, you want to know who's going. Yeah. And you don't want to be the dick who asks, so oh, who's going to be there? Because like, you're an asshole for, for, one, like, for saying that. You can just see it. You just see it. You just yeah. see it. And nobody does it. Nobody uses Facebook for, the, for that anymore. I just think that it's a damn shame. Yeah, that is unfortunate. It's a, it's a primo way to plan parties, really, is essentially what it is. It's yeah. good for that stuff. Um, but yeah, episode 95, McGee. We're all the way into this one. I think it's funny that like we went so long of just all these episodes going off, like as we scheduled them, even the ones that were delayed were like intentionally delayed where we were Mm -hmm. like, yeah, this one's going to be out later. And then we just finally like 95 hits and it's like, can't, we just can't get on, can't get on the mics to get out an episode on time. And I'm holding back these episodes by accident. It's just like five episodes away from a hundred. And this goes down. It was bound to happen at some point. I guess it's kind of similar to my laptops being stolen in a way is just a completely unforeseen event, but we're here now episode 95. I want to get into this player battle that we've got here. It's a interesting competition to say the least um we've had competitions similar to it there are it's combining a bunch of different aspects it is a race of sorts um but this one is tar barrel race so it dates back to 1605 when a group attempted to blow up the british monarch and it says here james the first participants throw barrels on their backs and run through the entire village's streets the barrel has been dipped in tar and then it's lit on fire the uh it's known as the Tar Barrels of Ottery St. Mary, and mostly locals take part in this competition. So if you want to go online and look up pictures, it's like a big wine barrel, essentially. They dip them in tar, light them on fire, and then these guys run through the streets. They have like those uh, flame retardant gloves on, yeah, and they just like run through carrying these flaming barrels of tar on their backs through the streets, and it's like a, a race, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but episode 95, Tar Barrel Race, Let's get into it right here. Two great competitors. One, they're both current athletes, one from the NHL, one from the NBA. 
Let's do it. Our first competitor, he was drafted in the second. He was drafted in the first round. My apologies. Oh my God. I can't even get it together here. <laughs> Third overall in the 2009 NHL entry draft by the Colorado Avalanche, entering his 13th season in the NHL. He's played for the Colorado Avalanche, Ottawa Senators, Columbus Blue Jackets, and the Nashville Predators. Through 827 games played, he's totaled 251 goals and 351 assists for a combined 602 points an under 18 gold medalist, a world champion silver medalist, and two-time gold medalist, a World Cup gold medalist, and an Olympic gold medalist, a 5'11", 194-pound center from Halliburton, Ontario, Matt Duchesne, his competitor in the Tar Barrel competition. He was drafted in the first round, 21st overall in the 2016 NBA draft by the Atlanta Hawks. He's played five seasons in the NBA, four for the Hawks, and he's about to enter his second season with the Toronto Raptors. In 240 career games played, he's averaged 6.1 points per game, 3.3 rebounds per game, and 1.9 assists per game. A six foot five, 210 pound small forward slash shooting guard from Charlotte, North Carolina, DeAndre Bembry. These are some good competitors. Yeah, mostly just because like current athletes, we know what they are right now. They both play professional sports as is. One of them we know really well because he plays for the Toronto Raptors. The other one we know really well because he's played representing Canada on international stages and he's a big story in the NHL. If you follow pro hockey, you're familiar with that. And that's Matt Duchesne. So I think this is going to be an interesting one. I'm going to start it off here, McGee. I'm going Dondre Bembry right away. If you watch Toronto Raptors game, Dondre Bembry is a gritty, gritty role player. He's a guy who obviously based on his stats as well, 6.1 points per game, 3.3 rebounds and 1.9 assists. He's a role guy. He's coming off the bench, knows his role. He's gritty. He's got insane amount of heart and he is fast. He is fast as all hell. I think that he's a strong guy, 6'5", 210. Like, this guy is nothing to slouch at. I'm going Bembry, man. I think he's just got the heart, the determination. I think he's insanely fast, and he's strong. So he's not going to have any struggles carrying that barrel. Yeah, I'm on the same page as you. I think Bembry has this no no contest. Uh, Just a bigger guy, big frame. Like you said, just a workhorse. I don't think that this guy... uh, can lose he can't lose yeah okay there we go. Duchesne, i just think duchene yeah he may have, he get I think he's soft too, too. Um, might get too into the celebrations surrounding the, <laughs> yeah. the uh weekend's events or whenever the the event takes place so i, I yeah. just don't think he's quite there to compete against a guy like bembry yeah i think that's a respectable call um well, there you have it. There's our episode 95 champion, the tar barrel competition. Don J. Bembry takes this one to zip over Matt Duchesne yeah. pretty clear too. Like there was no debating this one. No. Um, before we kind of get into these things, this is, I feel like a sports heavy episode we're going to get into here. And we're not even really breaking down sports. It's more of just like the concept of sports surrounding these things. But McGee right away, I actually forgot to tell you. And it's something like I, do you want to get get into here you went and got, got to see a concert so you got to experience being around a lot of people for the first time in a while there 
Yeah. I got to see the Blue Jays game live last Monday at, at Rogers Center. That's right. So yeah. It was really cool experience getting to go back into the arena. It was definitely a little bit weird just because like masks and stuff, you know, like the last time you're out at an event like that, like it's technically like inside the dome's open, but you're still like inside you're in an arena. Uh-huh. Um, so just seeing that and seeing that many people in one place was kind of like an interesting thing. Like I've seen a lot of people out and about, especially more and more as things are getting better, but like to see that, to see that many people in one place in one building, it was very cool, but it was also really, really cool to just feel like the atmosphere of a live event again. I don't know. It's just like the excitement of Vladdy hit two home runs. So seeing that and feeling like everyone going nuts that I forgot about the feeling of like the, uh, the pitcher throwing like the final strike of the game and like everyone's on their feet going nuts when he's throwing and then that just erupts. It goes nuts in there. It was really fun to be at. That's sick, man. Yeah. Like I, and it's just, it's just a little taste of what's to come. I think, um, got to stay positive, got to kind of do your, do your part for the greater good. And, and hopefully everyone can kind of get back to doing those things. But it is such a nice change of pace after the past like year and a half, two years of nothingness. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's it's a it's almost an eerie feeling. Like looking around, you're like, am I supposed to be here? Like, is this okay? A little bit, yeah. Like I was sitting in the seats and I'm like sitting beside, like there's fifteen thousand people in the stands, and I'm mm-hmm. like, I don't, I personally didn't feel uncomfortable by any means, but I'm, you definitely have that feeling of looking around, being like, this feels like not right. Like it uh-huh. feels like something's wrong. Like I shouldn't be doing this, but it's like, ah, whatever. Like yeah, I got my mask is, on. Like, yeah, they're telling me masks. I'm allowed to be here. So I'll be yeah. here. Yeah. So that was a fun experience, but I'm just like excited for more live sporting events. I'm wanted now I'm just at the point of like getting greedy. I'm like, all right, I want to go see a Leafs game. I want to see yeah. a Raps game. Like I want to see it all. Yeah. I want to you had a one, one so taste, back. One taste yeah. in front of sports. And now you're like, okay, like let's get going. Yeah, it was just fun to like be downtown too and like the atmosphere walking to the arena or the mm-hmm. stadium because like you for you forget what some of those feelings are like, you know what I mean? Even just walking to a concert when like thousands of people are all storming towards this concert, just like buzzing about getting in there. You just forget what it's like to be in, in that atmosphere. So it was it was a lot of fun. Yeah, for sure. Uh another thing here, sports related. This will lead into just a whole bunch of stuff, but um on Netflix. So I know we've been reviewing some TV shows, some docs lately, but some stuff that I've been up to, I know you watched one of these ones. There is a series now on Netflix. It's called uh, the untold or untold or something like that. And they tell all these behind the scenes. It's just like a one episode of this certain event um, behind the scenes of these events that took place in the sporting world. So the one that we both watched the malice at the palace, what did you think of that one? Dude, I watched the whole thing and like, like just one evening i've just binged it yeah it was great man like i thought it was incredible i like i i knew that jermaine o'neal was like a good and i knew the pacers were good but i didn't know they were that good back yeah like, back in the day so i kind of like learned a little bit about that and kind of what they what they had at stake in that season and why it was kind of so meaningful that those players were suspended for for their actions and like i guess what they what they could have had had they not been But uh, I don't know, man. I just think it was crazy to see how the league handled everything. Yeah, Um, that was like the most interesting part to me because like they just fully criminalized the players for it. For not doing, like they didn't do anything that like I wouldn't do. 
yeah, if you're getting shit thrown at you like that, there's no way you're not going to like fight back. Like when it's yes, to no, that like, extent. The thing was like the guy, literally the fan who ran on the court and then like yeah. as they were trying to leave, the guy just like randomly comes on the court and starts trying to square up with the player. It's like, what do with you want me to do? Test. Yeah, yeah, with a Ron Artest. Yeah, with a Ron to like square up and throws, he throws his fists in the air and like ready to like fight. And this guy's like, and Artest clones him too. Yeah. Oh my God. And he's, but then he like, tried to blame Artest saying like it wasn't his fault. It's like, bro, you're like on the court, like on man. Yeah, you you're in the middle of the, the court player, trying bro. to throw hands with the player who just wants to yeah. leave. Like, And the, the cop getting involved, I think, was the best part because they brought him in for like a criminal investigation. And he basically just like put it all, like the majority of it on the fans. Like at no point should players ever fight fans. Like I, th- I think that that's like a given kind of thing. Unless they like challenge you like the guy on the court. Like, I get how it's, like, infuriating that the guy threw something at you, and I really, really, like, understand why Artest did that going into the stands after the guy. I just, like, I still think that that's punishable offense for Artest to go into the stands. Like, I don't think that should ever be the case. The guy coming on the court, I think, is a completely different scenario. Like, Artest had every single right, in my opinion. I I think that what he did to that guy who came on the court is not a punishable offense. Because yeah. the guy tr- squared up at him, like ran yeah. on the court, squared he ran up on like, the court in the first game. Yeah, he squared up to fight, like ready to throw yeah. hands, and, and like Artest, his hands were down. He was just walking away, yeah. and I had to like walk through this guy in a fighting stance to get like, it. What the hell yeah. do you want me to do? I personally think that that's like fully like whatever. So that's self defense at that like, point. Yeah, it's self defense. But the going in the stands, yeah, not good. But still, like. I'm not going to sit here and say I don't understand like why he did it. Like I I get it. I just don't I he shouldn't have done it. It's not but okay. I get why he it's did not good. It. Yeah, it's, not, yeah. it's not good, eh? Yeah, it's not good, eh? <laughs> um but I just thought it was like very interesting because like the cop gets involved and then the cop immediately basically was like these guys like incited this, the guy who threw the cup, the guy who ran on the court, like and he kind of just ease the punishment off the players versus what the which was in the criminal sense versus what the nba did where they were like no the fans like did nothing wrong and it was like they put it all on the players the for thugs. image yeah the thugs which was like just, it was just very fascinating to watch that go down like watch how that happen but i think the more interesting part of it it was as you said like how it made the team fall apart after like i didn't realize how good that pacers team was like i knew yeah. they had gone to the uh the conference finals the year before but i didn't realize like they were that good like that was their year to do it yeah so i think that was like very cool to see so if you haven't watched it go on netflix watch malice at the palace it's in the untold documentaries Mm -hmm. but the other one that i watched which i really think you'll enjoy mcgee um it's a hockey one it's called crime and penalties it's Following this team called the Danbury Trashers, they played in the United Hockey League, which is like, um, I don't know, it's a minor league. It's like technically the level below or within the level below the NHL. It's like below the AHL kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but it's in like 0405, I believe it is. And essentially, it's a mob boss in uh, Danbury, Connecticut. He owns a garbage truck company and it's the biggest one in connecticut and like he just basically built a garbage empire by through his mob ties and they literally show scenes of this guy like apparently there was a there was a infringing truck uh, garbage company that was like in their soil or something and they like they 
kidnapped the guy, like tied him up, held him at gunpoint, put him back in the truck and then lit the truck on fire. And it's like on camera footage of like the guys running out of the truck and then the truck going up on fire and stuff. They show it in the dock. Oh my um, God. Yeah. But essentially what happened is, and I can tell this part because it doesn't spoil anything and it's not like it's like a movie. So you're going to like have things spoiled, but like the mob boss, his name's Jimmy Galante. Um, his son, 17 years old, loves hockey. Like he fell in love with hockey because of the mighty ducks. And he was just like a goon in high school or whatever. And they show the hit. He absolutely levels this guy. But when he levels the guy, he injures his leg. And I guess like they never even say what it happened, but he can never play hockey again. So he was devastated. And his dad was basically like, all right, we're going to figure this out. And that year bought the Danbury Trashers and or bought a UHL team and brought them to Danbury, made a pro hockey team in Danbury and made his 17 year old son, who was a senior in high school, the president and the GM of the team. Oh my God. Yeah. So they go out and his son like has no idea what to do. He literally says that the re all he knew how to do was um, go on Google and he knew about hockey and managing from playing the NHL video games. Wow. And so he just like constructs this roster of a team and they sign Brent Gretzky. They bring <laughs> all these guys in and they just decide they're going to be like a goon team because they're like mobsters and they're just savages. So they make this goon team, but like, I'll let you watch the rest from there. Yeah, but yeah, it, yeah. the stories that they tell are crazy. The only thing I do want to say which was nuts. I watched the entire documentary. I have no idea this guy's not mentioned one time in the last four minutes of the entire Netflix doc. It's like an hour and 20 minutes long. They're showing Jimmy Galante, the owner, and his son, AJ Galante. This is like now, this is very recent. They attend a reunion at the bar for one of the very like famous sections in the arena that used to get really rowdy. So they go to the bar to see the reunion. And as the Jimmy Galante, the mob boss is walking into the bar and this is all like real footage. Like it's a documentary. It's not made up. Mm -hmm. He hugs this really big guy in the bar and I'm watching. I'm like, I recognize that guy. Like I, that guy looks really familiar. So like I rewound it and I like watch it again. I watch this guy hug the guy. I'm like, man, where do I know this guy from? Like, is he like play pro hockey? Like, is he an actor? Like, where is he from? So I can't figure it out last night. I'm trying to think. And I text my dad. I was like, hey, do you remember the name of that guy who coached us? I played on this travel team that went to Sweden and it was just like a two week trip. And I was like, do you remember the name of the guy who coached us? And he's like, hold on. So then we like start texting back and forth. I remember one of the teams that he played for. My dad goes, Dave McIsaac. And I searched the guy up and I go to his elite prospects, played on the Danbury Trashers. Wow. This guy oh coached God. me in just two weeks. Like it wasn't like I spent a lot of yeah. time with him, but this guy was my coach on a travel team in Sweden. And he played on this team with the mob bosses and he's in the dock at the very end. That's actually incredible. Yeah. So I was like, Whoa, that is really cool. Like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> giving a mob boss a hug. Like, do you think the players knew that what they were involved in? Yes. They, so they said that right away they like, could tell something was fishy like because of a this guy was just like the owner or president of like seven garbage garbage well the dad they met the dad jimmy james oh, Galante, yeah. jimmy Galante first and like a 
the guy who recruited them and was trying to sign them was 17. And then they meet this guy's dad who owns the team and they meet him in like this massive office in like a garbage dump. Cause that's like his garbage, like the compound or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they meet him in his office there. But like they say they sat down, which I'll tell this part is they say they sat down. There's five of them that get signed originally. They sit down in this meeting with the dad, uh, the dad. And he says, how much did you get offered to come here? And they all tell him the number and he goes, I'll double that. And they were all just like, what? And he's like, yeah, like I'll pay it in cash. And then he, they're all like, okay, yeah, agreed. And then he goes, um, he pulls out a wad of 10 K cash, gives it, puts it in front of each player and says, that's your signing bonus. Wow. Yeah. But you got to watch it. Cause it's like, it's really fascinating. They don't really go into like the mob stuff too much. They kind of tie in the FBI story and like how it all got shut down, but they don't really get into like what he was doing too much. It's yeah. more about the actual hockey team and what they did, but like they were just a team full of goons. They beat the absolute piss out of everybody. And they were really, really good. They were really good, but they were obviously paying all these guys under the table. So they were making fat salaries. Yeah. But that's actually incredible. Oh yeah. my God. I got to watch that for sure. It's very entertaining. Honestly, like I, I really enjoyed it. I just like enjoyed hearing some of the stories of like the stuff that went down the team. And then, yo, actually this part is very cool because the NHL went on lockout that year and they needed another player because one of their guys got injured and they went and signed Mike Rupp who was he was an nhl player and he had scored in like the stanley cup finals like three goals or something for the new jersey devils and won the stanley cup the year before and he just came and played for danbury <laughs> mike rupp oh my. i yeah. remember watching mike rupp in like the 24 uh, 7 yeah. like pittsburgh penguins one yeah so it's like really cool i i highly recommend it i recommend i want to watch the rest of the untolds because there's a bunch more on there mm-hmm. um but yeah if you get a chance to watch that do it the only other thing here i wanted to say and it's not necessarily related to like what happens in the app but uh they talked about how they named this the fbi named their sting operation to shut down jimmy galante the pale riders and they named it after a Clint Eastwood movie called Pale Riders, but they changed it from P-A-L-E to P-A-I-L because he was a trash, like, mobster. Like, he, like, ran a trash hauling company. Mm-hmm. And all I could think about was, like, imagine your job was to name operations in the FBI. That would be like they're incredible. just coming up to you every day and they're like, all right, we got a new one. You got to just yeah, like, like sit what do you got for us? Like, what do you got yeah, for you, us? And you're you just, just like, got to your like notepad with a list of ideas. I think like it's Googling crazy. movie titles. <laughs> yeah, man. Like that's a movie, an unreal job. And I, I was always thinking too, like, I remember watching that. Uh, there's like that. C, um, was it a CNN concert? Like the live in New York or We Heart New York. They just like live music performance, like on CNN not too long ago, which I watched. And like, oh, yeah. Welcome shut back down to New York. Like, in inclement weather like it, it got yeah. shut down yeah and uh i was like seeing also like, hurricane like Henri or whatever the hell it was so i'm like who like do you, do you think it's a full-time job to name storms like, or is it <laughs> like who, de- who decides who de- who names these things or is it just like they just whoever like announces and picks it and that's that like, or is it a process because i know it has to alternate um male and female like it goes male storm name women storm name male storm name and then it also ever goes like alphabetical order so if it's like yeah. Henri, because it was Henri followed by ida yeah 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 
So it's got to like alternate that way and then follow the alphabetical list. So whose job is like that? Hurricane Jack is next. Yeah. Yeah. Either be, yeah. Jack or like. Uh, what do you think? There's just like a huge database of like all hurricane names and they're just like crossed off once they've been listed. Maybe. Yeah. Has, has a name ever been repeated? Uh, like Hurricane Henri 2. The first yeah, one was Hurricane like a Pretty Henry. like culturally diverse Henry. name as well though, which is good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. And be be inclusive. The weather can be inclusive for sure. Yeah, I just don't understand like who does it, and yeah, whether it's just like a know. side hustle or is it like a full time gig or is it the weather people or the like the government just decides like that's what it is. Like, who knows? I gotta do. I gotta look into that more, like more <laughs> seriously. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's actually a very interesting thing. Like, I wonder who's the person who decides. Um, Okay, last thing on sports and documentaries here. The PGA announced that they're coming out with their own version of the Drive to Survive. That's something Drive to Survive is the Formula One series on Netflix you and I have been absolutely huge on. Yeah. Um, the PGA announced that they're coming out with their own. It's going to be on Netflix as well. Less about the PGA and more about, I wanted to know from you, what sports, events, or players would you want either a, document- a documentary on or a, like a 24-7 like the PGA and Drive to Survive? Is there like a team? Is there Ooh. a certain player that you'd want just to dock like the like the untolds? Like what was there one that sticks out or is there a few? There was, um, you know, I don't know. I feel like they've done a pretty good job of like making docs surrounding kind of the most notable or like memorable moments. Yeah. They had that Tiger documentary that was released what, like last year yeah um, i still haven't watched it. it it's like it's pretty good it's not like crazy good but it, it's it kind of like talks about quite a bit okay um and it's got his, his old like mistresses and stuff on there too so it's, it's pretty oh funny. okay okay um and i'm looking in your notes right here i think the uh i think that like you have this guy that's I've just heard like fables of like, um, yeah, this, and that's, it's the MLB pitcher <laughs> yeah. was, was on acid when he pitched the perfect game. Yeah. I would love to see a, a, a documentary or just like an interview with him. Cause think about how fascinating it would be from more than just his perspective. Like imagine being the guys on his team talking about like how he what it was like, like watching. Room. Yeah. And then what about the guys who were hitting against him? Like, what, what, what did he what was he look like on the mound what did he what about the catcher who was catching the balls from him like how did you communicate to him was he just pitching on his own like yeah it'd be so fascinating what if you're the ump and you're like this guy was just tripping balls but he was throwing strikes all game like i think it would be interesting to hear that like just a doc that, on that, that it was, wouldn't like, even be I, that long but that would be so stressful because like all eyes are on you and it's just like man if you're not feeling 100 percent, or you're a little kind of like loopy or like you're just not you're not there, and it's you got what twenty thousand eyes on you, and you're in the yeah. middle of this arena, and you're like looking around <laughs> yeah. while you're tripping. Like that can't be easy. I would just love to hear what this guy has to say. Yeah, um, that's a that's a good one. Um, there is one I have off the top of my head. It's um, if you've seen the Last Dance, which I'm pretty sure you had. It's yeah. when they talk about Dennis Rodman's forty two or forty eight or seventy two hours in uh, Vegas. Yeah, I'd want to dock on that. All the characters who were involved. What was Dennis up to? How like a first back? 48, like, but just like, just, yes, just like just Dennis is 48. In, Dennis is 48. An hour Vegas. by hour breakdown of his whereabouts and like what he got up to. Hotel cam footage of him walking through the hotel at like 6 a.m. Yeah. 
players coming to pick him up. Like, I think that would be pretty interesting. That would be. There's definitely more like that. Um, there's like, just to go with like a straight sports one, if you were just to do a doc, like these are less so like 24 sevens, this is more doc. I'd want to hear a doc on the Leafs game seven collapse to the Bruins. If you could just have like a legitimate documentary of that entire collapse, like yeah, just as a Leafs fan, I don't think that would appeal to many. Actually, you know what? That would appeal to tons of people because they hate the Leafs. Toronto yeah, so I think they'd want to watch that for sure. I, man, I still remember. I've probably told this story on the pod like a hundred times by now, but just in case you're a new listener and haven't heard it or missed or one of the early t- or earlier times that I've told this story. After the Leafs game seven collapse, we went to a floorball tournament, a high school floorball tournament at Maple Leaf Gardens. And the guest, the guest of honor, like one of the the guest celebrity guests they had there, for some reason they just did that, was Carl Gunnarsson. I guess he was like a big floorball guy back in Sweden. I don't know. But Carl Gunnarsson came out to this like Canada Cup floorball tournament to like uh, make an appearance, say hello, yada, yada, yada. Um, And then... Hudson Lambert on our team like goes up to Carl and goes was Randy mad in the room after the loss and like I don't even he's like uh yeah yeah he was mad yeah that's all we got from them we just walked away got a photo and then that was it yeah we got we got a photo with him I think he's got he's just mean mugging like he's not a happy guy in that photo no that was (laughs) hilarious though a the fact that Hudson had the balls to ask and b the fact that Gunnarsson actually answered like he could have just been like piss off or like not said anything yeah he legit looked at us and was like yeah he was mad (laughs) (laughs) that was so jokes man like but i'm excited an answer yeah i'm excited for this uh pga one mostly i I think i'm most excited to see like if dishambo is on it because i just i don't think there's anything he can do to portray himself as not an absolute asshole yeah, but like I'm just kind of curious to see like how he'd like look on if he'd try to like clean up his act and be like less try to justify his actions. Like I just want somebody asking him the hard hitting questions, like oh, so why did you get like Brooksy banned? And then yeah, uh, oh, like just stuff like that. And I just want to see if like because like in Formula One like, Drive to Survive, down. there's really no villains, I guess. Like everybody's kind of like you can kind of find your own things to root for about those people. Yeah, there are people you may not like, but there's no like bad guys. No, so I'm just wondering how they'd uh, like if it'd be the same kind of deal, or they'd like how they'd handle that rivalry between. Well, I feel like in golf, there's no there's there's. (laughs) I feel like in golf, it's harder to have villains, but there's two specifically. One of them is like an intentional villain, and that's Patrick Reed. Yeah, he's just a bad guy, and like he knows he's a bad guy. (laughs) Yeah. And then there's DeChambeau, who like just tries to be perfect, but he's just terrible. Like he's, he's just, just a douchebag. Yeah. He just reminds yeah. me of like just a fucking frat guy. Yes, he he I literally just like that like just... hat that he's wearing. Like yeah, he just rounds. tries to like, be like he doesn't a wear bro. that in practice rounds and stuff. Like yeah, I would want to see that. That would be pretty fascinating. I think. Yeah. Well, me, we're I think we're uh, nearly at the end of this one. I think there's something that would actually be pretty fun to do here. It might take up a little bit of time, and that's uh, one of our favorite segments this or that yeah
All right, so got a few here. First one, lose all your fingers or lose all your toes. Oh, that's a tough one, man. I feel like if you're just like an average, like if you're not thinking about this, the easy answer is, oh, lose all your toes. But I feel like toes are more important than people give them credit. Like, I don't think you'd be able to stand up very easily without any toes. Uh, I think it'd be difficult to balance. Like, it would suck not to be able to grab things. So I think I'm still choosing. I'd rather lose all my toes, but I probably wouldn't be able to run. I probably wouldn't be able to do a lot of, like, things very well when it came to, like, my, like, foot coordination. Here's my thought on losing all the toes because I'm, I'm going to lose all your, uh, lose all your toes as well. That I think I would rather keep my fingers because like, if you make a pros and cons list right away, like losing your fingers cons can't grab things. Yeah. Like you can't important catch thing. a ball. You can't throw a ball. You can't pick up a fork. You can't like, you can't do anything, can't do anything. basically. You, you just Whereas like the... what? Yeah. <laughs> He's like palming drink yeah. between both of his hands. Um, but if you lose all your toes, like, yes, you're right. You'll probably have to learn how to walk again, just based on balance and like overall structure and like your support and stuff. But like, you don't grab things with your toes. You definitely use them for balance. Okay. Yeah. Like I, you can pick things up with your toes. Like I would pick like flip-flops and play around with them. Like if I, they're slat off my feet, but like, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like you don't use them for practical purposes in terms of like actually use your feet for more than that. You're actually like just a psycho. Yeah. And I I think you could just figure out at some point how to manage, like you'd, you'd learn how to go without your toes. And then it would just be like, okay, like I'm good. Like I got these bases on my feet here. And then next thing you can't break your toes anymore. You could just go barefoot and play soccer and it wouldn't hurt as much because you know, exposed toes, like all these different things. You probably actually have more benefits. Whereas just losing your fingers, like immediately can't grab things sucks. Not down for that. So yeah. Uh, yeah, I'd rather keep my fingers. All right. The next one we have here is would you rather take a two week vacation once a year or a one week vacation twice a year? I'm going one week vacation twice a year. And I think that two week vacation will fly by. Yeah. And then you have one vacation and it's done. And then you got to grind for the rest of the year. Whereas if you have a one week vacation, you could, plan these out perfectly so like you have one a third of the way through the year and then two thirds of the way through the year and you like have these milestones in mind of getting through those Mm -hmm. and then like that one week vacation ultimately it probably feels like it goes by just as fast as the two week that's what i would think too yeah Uh, my my thought process here is that i feel like with with a two-week vacation you always think there's more time so i got another week and then you may get complacent and just like instead of like adventuring and like going out you may like oh let's let's just take this day and stay in the resort or whatever like right you might get a little bit lazy a little bit complacent whereas a one-week vacation you know there's not that much time so you get more active and you see more things and you and you kind of make the most of it and i think it's more efficient as well as two-week vacation like you may well, you're probably going to like where you're going to be on vacation, but two week vacation might seem a little stale after a while. Like you've seen kind of everything you've wanted to see. And now you're stuck for another like three days, four days before you have to like, whatever, go back. I mean, not again, not horrible, but with a one week vacation, if you, even if you don't love it or aren't in love with where you're seeing, like where you are, there's always another opportunity to kind of redeem yourself. And on like the last thing I want to say about this is that 
or the one week vacation twice a year. It's just like you can just break that up however you want. Like it's mm-hmm. nice. You can you can do like once every six months, or you could do like one week and then you just like you're kind of getting by and you're like, wow, this is just a really shitty week. Or I just I'm just having a bad time, a real, real tough kick at the can right now. Like I got to get out of here. Yeah. So it's really you just have more at your disposal to kind of pick and choose when you want to, I guess, f off and do something for yourself. Yeah. And I, I think like, just to piggyback you there, it's like, it's, you get those two mental breaks, whereas like you're, you're battling through, you get through a tough period, nice little one week vacation, getaway, good break. And then you're like battling away for the rest of the year. And then you're like, okay, yeah, time for another one. You use that up. Whereas the yeah. two week, like you're really battling, you struggle through and you're like, okay, time for the two week, you come back you got no choice but to go battle until you get your next two week, which is yeah. until the next year. So, and I feel like you just be living for that, like one time a year, like you're just, your two vacation would be the only thing you would look forward to. Yeah. It's not a horrible thing to look forward to, but it's just, I'd like that. I'd like that more, uh, that leeway to kind of pick Separation. and choose one. Yeah. And yeah, right. you got the last one here, Phil? Yeah, sure. Okay. So this one, I guess, is more to determine if we are gambling type people or if you're just going to take the safe bet here. Um, Receive $1 million or (laughs) flip a coin for the chance to receive $1 billion. I think I'm flipping the coin. I'm not a gambler. I'm not a big gambler. However, I don't have a million dollars right now. I also don't have a billion dollars right now. Yeah. So I'd be no further off that if I, if I lost the coin flip with a chance to receive a billion dollars, like a million dollars doesn't really go that far these days. That's, that's fair. Okay. Yo, you just reminded me of something actually here. Do you ever, do you know the radio station Chum FM? Like 104.5? Okay. So they used to play this game. I used to beat the bank on the way. Yes. Oh, I know. I was a huge beat the bank. Okay. So we used to listen to that with like my mom, my sisters every morning before elementary school. Our yes. Yes. That's exactly when. Okay. So our motto was always just keep going because you came in with nothing anyways. Mm -hmm. So like, if you just keep going and you lose to the bank, like you you walk away with as much money as you have before. You don't go into the negatives because of this game. Mm-hmm. So if you just keep going because there's always that opportunity to beat the bank and you could end up with way more money. So yeah. I don't know. I you know what actually once you like made that reference of like I came in here with nothing, I'm going flip the coin because you got nothing to lose, man. Yeah, you have and there's a to huge lose. difference a 50, between a million and a billion. Yeah. And I think the chance of winning the billion is way higher than beating the bank. So I'm going flip yeah, the coin. I, mean, I want a dude, billion dollars. A 50% chance of winning is is like incredible odds. I love, yeah. I'll take that any day of the week. I will take that too. I like that. All right. Yeah. We'll both take the billion dollars there cool. or take the coin flip for a billion dollars. Okay. McGee, last thing before we wrap this one up, it's a little bit of a shorter episode, but with you being back at school, things are in full, full swing here. You're going to party ready for Saturday. One thing you had kind of thrown out there on the last one, we didn't really get to it. Best theme party ever. Now, is this the best theme party you've been to the best theme party you have an idea of like, what is your, this is just like, I just kind of wanted to sit here and brainstorm with you of like what the best, cause man, like I've seen so many Jersey parties, so many like, Jersey Whatever. party abused shit. Yeah. Parties that have just been abused and just not good. 
I mean, they may be good parties, but just, there's no creativity involved. So I, I'm, I'm next. I'm having a uh, an '80s party on Saturday. I think with Facebook invite, Zach. If you want to say yes? I saw you're, you're, you're free. Okay. I saw it today. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, so like, I was just thinking, like, more so not because of the clothing or anything. I just want to play some fucking like heavy synth, like '80s, like times like these. I want to <laughs> okay. run away. Get away. I just, yeah, yeah, I just think I want to like just just jam out to some '80s tunes. Uh, yeah. What better way to do that than with, with an '80s '80s party? Like yeah. It's a very underrated decade. I think there's a lot you can kind of kind of do with it. Um, so I'm doing that on on Saturday. No, and I'm not saying that's the best theme of all time. I'm not saying it's that creative. I'm just that's just a fact. Right. However, I want to talk to you about what you think the best party theme, the best party theme you've ever been to, or what would the best party theme be? Man, I don't think I've ever been to any like creative uh, like party themes actually i've been to all the basic ones hawaiian party themes yeah. jerseys a pre ski um, a pre ski yeah. yeah um uh like what else obviously halloween yeah um i love we went to we did a color party with some okay. of our friends like that was like i'd never done that before and you just like partnered up and everyone wore different colors which yeah. was unique and like i actually haven't seen anybody do that so we just had like different teams of colors which is kind of cool um wasn't like still not i'm not going to sit here and say like that's the greatest one one that i really like and i see it on tiktok all the time and it's like duos so like best pairs so like you just partner up with somebody and you go as like a pair of something like an iconic duo of something. Yeah. So I've pe- seen people go as like the Doobie Brothers or like, like peanut butter Shaggy, and jelly, peanut butter and jelly, and like Shaggy and Scooby and yeah, like that's things pretty like cool. that. Like I like those ones just because people can get real, real creative with it yeah. in terms of what their pair is, because um, it's not like. Like on Halloween, you just get an assortment of costumes. And then on like, uh, as you said, like après ski, everyone's in the same theme of costume. Whereas like a pair, it's like the same theme, but everyone's wearing different costumes. So I I like that as like tied in of like the same theme, but it's all different. It's your unique stuff. I've been to a white lie party before. One of those, you guys like write the Sharpie. Yeah, I think those are interesting. I I think that would be fun to go to. What did yours say? Are you allowed to say it here? Yeah, I can say it. Mine said... um... Oh, I'm trying to think. Fuck, what did mine say? Mine said like I I don't like blondes or or something like that. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I just have a, I have a long history with blondes, so it's just, fair it's, enough. Yeah, and that was mine, and it was okay. I've like some of them are like a little more like intense, mm-hmm. and I'm just like I don't know. I wasn't about to like expose <laughs> my my whole like life. So I was like, yeah, All right, like whatever. Um, but my buddy, well, and then, okay. So my girlfriend's sister had a Shrek theme party this summer. So everyone came from different characters of Shrek, which I thought was like pretty cool. Yeah. And then, uh, another thing that I heard of, well, my buddy, my roommate, Luke Torelli, shout out Luke. He suggested after I'm like the eighties, well, we've been trying to like have an eighties party. We just like the decade. Like think it'd be fun. We've been trying to do this for a bit. And then he suggested, later on either for a lot of palooza or, or just like probably not but just for another event have a, a decades party where kind of like duos you just partner up and you can come as like any decade you want so people could be like dressed up in the 70s looking like rock stars 
or people could be like walking around in robes like like monks and you're gonna have like <laughs> like like have like knights with like shields and swords from like the medieval times like, that would just, be pretty funny there's still so many options and you can do whatever yeah uh, that would be pretty funny actually because you, you could just come in like your normal clothes much. and go as like 2020 like yeah fair so I think it'd be jokes to just like you can come in like I don't know looking like an Irish settler and like your like tweed cap and oh yo here's one that uh, my parents uh, did my parents used to have all these parties like with my grandparents and like my mom's sister and they used to throw a ton of parties <laughs> they did one this I just remembered this um, you had to show up as a drink oh. but you had to drink the drink you showed up as. Oh, that's kind of cool. So uh, I remember, I'm pretty sure my sisters and I like went as Kool-Aid jammers and my mom made us Kool-Aid jammer costumes. And like, we were like little kids and we were running around like drinking Kool-Aid jammers all night. <laughs> and like, but like people were showing up as like martinis and cocktails and rum and Cokes. And like, they were drinking them like while they were wearing the outfit. So that's like, yeah. that was actually a pretty good one. Yeah. So, I mean, like, we're not saying we're party theme experts here by any means, just sharing some kind of stories and ideas that we've had over the years or we've seen. So get back to us. Let us know what's the coolest party theme that you've ever seen or what's something that you just can't wait to go to. Or and if you're back at school to. and you're looking for a party theme idea and you want to use any of these, feel free. Let us know. Tag us in your party theme photo so we can post them out and let people yeah, know that you we'll post them out and then just maybe send us an invite too. We'd love to be there. Yeah, maybe we'll come. We'll McGee and I will pair up and wear uh wear we'll a monks monk costumes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, Perfect. McGee, I think this boat does it for episode 95. Yeah, I think so. I think so too. We got some big things coming. Um, not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna say anything about them. Just know that yeah. they're happening. Yeah. The only way to find out is to catch us next week, same time, same place, same lawn chairs. Cheers, lads and ladettes. Cheers. Cheers.